just really um, sense the Holy Spirit here with us this morning, through, all the way through the worship and the words that were brought. And I just really feel like, you know, God, the Holy Spirit wants to really like do some work in us today. So just be <coughs> open to that before we start, because it's going to be very exciting, I hope. So uh, today's title was uh, Son of David. So the scripture is Matthew 20, verses 29 to chapter 21 to 27. It's a very long, the elders give me the longest piece of scripture. So I'm just going to read from to chapter 21, 11. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. And Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately, they received their sight and followed him. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him, The Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fall of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So, the son of David. So, in biblical times, people didn't have surnames as such, like, you know, how we do, our second names. They were known from maybe where they came from, so Jesus of Nazareth, Mary Magdalene, or by um, family association, so who their children were, who their mothers were, who their fathers were, so Mary, mother of Jesus, etc., etc. And... So when the blind man and the crowd were shouting out, you know, son of David, they didn't just mean, oh, this is son, this is David's son from down the road, you know, Dave's son, we know him so well. They weren't just saying that. They meant something much deeper than that. They were saying, this is him. This is the one. This is the Messiah promised to us, the one who is going to save us the one we've been waiting for, hoping for, the descendant from David's line, from David's family, he's here. And that's exactly what they were saying when they were shouting, son of David. Now, I was watching The Chase the other night. Does anyone watch The Chase? I love The Chase. It's a quiz show on ITV. 
And I learned, uh, say you learn something new every day, but I learned something. There was a question on saying, what does the Mac mean in the name MacDonald? Does anyone know that? Anyone know? Oh, I love it when I know something that no one else knows. So, so when you get things like MacDonald, MacDougall, it means son of. So it means son of Donald, son of Dougal. So you can have identified what family they're coming from. Same as like in like Gaelic names like O'Brien and O'Connor, the O means the male descendant of. So the male descendant of Brian, the male descendant of Connor. That's good, that isn't it? Eh? See, I know something. I know. And um, so names can give, you know, a lot of where, where you belong to. My grandson is half Nigerian. Hannah's married to Chris, who normally plays drums. It's been quiet without him today, hasn't it? And his name, it's, it's called Oluwatobi. Well, I'll tell you his full name. Oluwatobi Wilfred, age K, on your dimmer. Toby for short. <laughs> now, I mean... I mean Diana's not here today. Oh, Ola's there. He'll know that that's quite a confusing name because it's from two tribes. Normally, um, it's just one from one tribe, the name. So, Oluwatobi is Yoruba, which means God is great. And the surname on Yedimma is actually Ebo. So, I mean, we wouldn't know that, would we, that he's from different tribes, but they're actually, Chris's mum and dad are from different tribes, which is a bit unusual because normally you marry within the tribe that you're born into. So, you know, by his name, people are able to identify which tribe he's from. So when we were talking about the people shouting out, son of David, they knew exactly what family they were identifying. They knew exactly what family that Jesus was from. It was from David's family, son of David. Um, we have the privilege in Jubilee Church to have new Christians with us. I, can, I won't look embarrassed anyone. But it's so nice when you get people who are just becoming Christians, you know, week after week. And it's amazing. They're right at the start of their relationship with God, just getting to know him, get to know the Bible and the characters of the Bible. So it's good, you know, not just to assume that everyone knows their Bibles from front to back, like me, of course. So. <laughs> Um, so it's good to explain sometimes. So first of all, who is David? Because some people here will never have heard of David. The Bible split into two testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament. So the Old Testament before Jesus, the New Testament after Jesus. And Jesus, oh, Jesus, not Jesus, David was an Old Testament king and he reigned hundreds of years before Jesus lived. Before David became king, he was actually a shepherd. And he loved God. While he was looking after his sheep, he would sing and he would praise and worship God. And he just loved God with all of his heart. He wrote some of the Psalms, which is a, another book in the Old Testament of songs and poems. His most well-known Psalm is Psalm 23, which I think most people will have heard of. The Lord is my shepherd which is a beautiful psalm. He was loved and he was chosen by God to be king. And David, you know, as a teenager, because we, we forget that he did these great things as a very young, a very young man, he was a teenager, when he stood up and decided to fight the giant Goliath. And he killed him, if you read the story, with just a sling and a few stones. 
he just had such amazing faith. He said to Goliath, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. The Jews had appointed their own king, King Saul, but that he wasn't God's choice. God appointed David as the first rightful king of Israel. David was a great king, but he wasn't perfect. He made some really bad decisions and choices in his life, and he sinned greatly against God. And because of that, David did actually, you know, have to deal with some really tough consequences because of that sin. But King David loved God and came back to him in humble repentance, and God forgave him because God loved him. God promised David that through his lineage, through his line, that a new king would be born. Not only king, but the saviour of the world, and his name is Jesus. And God kept his promise both to, uh, sorry, God kept his promise to David. And both um, Jesus' mother, Mary, and his, his stepdad, Joseph, were from the line, were from the family of David. So therefore, the prophecy was fulfilled. It says in Isaiah 9, verse 67, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Do we get an amen after that? Amen. amen. And even right from the start this morning, you know, when, when Raj was placing the crowns, you know, Jesus, right from the beginning of the time, was going to be that king. And throughout the Old Testament, there's just so many prophecies, like hundreds of years before Jesus was even born, about Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection. It's amazing, really. Now, as I was talking about new Christians, me and my, my sisters, Judy and Pauline, we've been looking after a new small group for new and young Christians. And we've been looking at a series called uh, God's Big Picture. And basically, it, it starts right at the beginning in Genesis and tells the history of God's plan for, for us throughout the Old Testament, right up until Jesus' time. And God used men and women of faith to work out his plan and he still uses men and women of faith today. You know, just as Helen was saying in that prophecy, he wants to set our hearts on fire. He wants us to be men and women of faith, you know, to pass on his word to the world. It was, you know, it was just amazing that. And it's also like so important to know that right from the beginning, when sin came into the world, when Adam and Eve sinned and evil came into God's world, that God had a plan, a plan to save us from our sin, to save us from the evil one, to bring us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And the Bible calls this plan redemption. And he redeems us so that we can have a real relationship with him, the living God. 
All of history points to Jesus. He is the only way to God. Jesus is the perfect son. Without sin, he became sin for us and he gave up his life for us to pay the price for the sins of the world. And when he died on the cross for, for you and for me, he not only took on our sin, our guilt and shame, but he also took on our infirmities, our disease, our sickness. He experienced, Jesus experienced all the pain and sin of the world when he died for us. And that's such an amazing sacrifice. It will never be done again because it's been done. We just need to ask for forgiveness and accept this free gift of salvation. And some of you might do that today. That's what we're praying. There's nothing we're going through. You know, you might be going through a bad time at the minute. There's nothing that we are going through or have been through that Jesus cannot identify with. Nothing. Because not only was Jesus fully God, he's fully human as well. He knows what it's like to be human in every way. He knows what it's like to be hurt, to be tempted, to be hungry, to mourn. He knows everything because he is Jesus. He is Lord of all. He's the Lord of history. He's a famous one. Son of David, he wants to know us all personally. That's Jesus. So going back to the blind man. So I've heard that phrase before, you know, even a blind man can see what's going on here. And here, even the blind men could see, even the blind man could see that this was, Jesus was the son of David. At this time, Jesus was going round and he had crowds of people following him. And he was doing miracles. I loved what Mariama prayed out where she was saying about the lady who had been in pain for years and was out of society because of the, you know, the disease and illness she had. And she just had to touch Jesus' cloak and he was healed. And this is what was happening. He was doing miracles. He was healing the sick. He was raising the dead. He was speaking beautiful words to crowds and crowds of people and he was setting people free. He was setting people free. He was teaching something they'd never heard before. His compassion was something that had never been experienced before. It was all new. He was spending most of his time with sinners, prostitutes, and those who were outcasts from society. It had never been heard of someone religious doing that. Never heard of before. The Messiah was here. Yet the religious people and the people in authority were blind. They just couldn't see who was standing right in front of them. God himself, the great I am, was standing right in front of them, yet they were blind and they couldn't see. Their hearts were hard and their pride blinded them. He wasn't who they expected or he wasn't who they wanted to be as the king. They had better ideas than God. And I just want to say, you know, please look and see Jesus today. Even if you've known him for years and years, look afresh and see Jesus today because he's here with us. Don't miss him and don't be blind today. Then as Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, the crowd shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. They recognized Jesus as their Messiah, 
the one they'd been waiting for. Save us, rescue us, Hosanna. Jesus' glory was being recognized on earth. Jesus declared himself king, and the people joined with him in this, and they agreed. And we had, uh, when we were at our group the other week, one of the ladies, Donna, said, I wonder why like, Jesus came, was born then and not here in this time. You know, when we've got all the social media, and we, we, we had a bit of laughs, and you know, Jesus doing miracles on TikTok and miracles on Insta and having a Facebook account with all these brilliant things he was doing. And we just came to the conclusion that people were actually there and they saw him doing it, yet people still chose to reject Jesus rather than accept him. And it will be exactly the same today because people are blind and we need to pray that blind eyes are open today. I didn't read out the uh, last few paragraphs, but it was about Jesus uh, clearing the temples, um, cursing the fig tree, and his, his authority being challenged by religious leaders and he didn't clear the temple because they were selling stuff on a Sunday and selling in the temple you know like we have vowels cards selling on a Sunday morning or cake stalls it's not that that makes Jesus cross it it was much deeper than that it's because they were like they were taking advantage of people and poor people and they were robbing them they were putting barriers up between people and God which is what religion does. And Jesus hates religion. Uh, just like the fig tree looked good on the outside, yet didn't deliver the fruit, the temple was exactly the same. It looked lovely on the outside, but it wasn't, it wasn't delivering God's people. It was putting barriers up. And Jesus became very angry. And, you know, as Christians, you know, we, we're not perfect, but we need to be like, authentic you know not pretending to be someone that we're not we've got to be transparent we've got people to see who we are and you know how do we treat people that are different from us you know maybe not brought up in a christian family from a different race or a culture to us people who come in who are gay or trans which we've had you know in the past you know what would jesus do and let's ask God today to help us to treat people with compassion, to love people, to accept people. Let's not be religious or judgmental. And I just say right now, you know, Holy Spirit, help us, you know, help us. We need the Holy Spirit to help us to do this because we all have prejudice in us and we need to keep getting before God and asking him to show us what that is, to forgive us and to heal us today. And God looks, I think Helen said it, you know, God looks at people's hearts. He doesn't look at the outside. He looks at people's hearts. And he can use people, and he can use any one of us today. Um, I don't know, maybe people weren't here last week, but Hannah, when she was um, leading worship, she was just saying about a time in her life where, you know, she'd been in sin. And... Um, She'd asked God for forgiveness and she felt, you know, it's God's forgiveness. But she still felt like she couldn't raise her hands in worship because she felt like guilty. She felt shame. And then, you know, the Holy Spirit just said to her, but 
you know, you need to lift your hands. This is when you will receive, and this is when you will receive the forgiveness and the healing from the shame and the guilt, because God does not want us to carry, you know, shame and guilt around with us. And she said, as she lifted her hands in worship, she just felt that closeness of that relationship um, with Jesus. And, you know, it just reminded me of like King David, like all the things he'd done wrong, and God forgave him, but he had to once again just humble himself really and say, God, you know, take this, this mess, what I've made of my life. And um, oh, I had to make a trip to the dentist this week. Oh, I had really bad toothache, and I was desperate to keep my tooth. And as I got there, the dentist went, it's going to have to come out. And I was battling a bit with that. Oh, no, not another tooth. <laughs> All the sweets I ate when I was little. And, um, and then I just thought, it's got to come out, it's got to come out. The dentist and the nurse were sent me, I just can't believe how chilled you are. I've never had anyone as chilled as you, just about to have your tooth pulled out. And I was like, it's got to come out, it's got to come out. And I let them pull the tooth Oh, I quite like the dentist, to be honest, but that's another story. But I let them pull the tooth out and get rid of the source of pain. And I just said, felt God saying today that there's someone here who's got a great source of pain and you're hanging on to it and you're hanging on to it. And God's saying, I just want to remove that today. I want to take that source of pain from you and I want to heal you. That's you. We're going to pray about that. And um, my eyesight's not so good now. Now I'm in my 40s. It's got worse. <laughs> But my eyesight's just getting so bad and uh, I can't see very well. I'm not moan because it's not as bad as some people's eyes. I'm not looking at Bill when I say this. But it's not as bad as some people's eyesight. Um, but the other week, I was walking um, onto my street and we live opposite a chip shop. And there was a queue outside the chippy. And I seen my friend from... Um, who we used to go to um, start my YTS game with, Julie... And uh, I knew it was Julie because I'd seen her at the bus stop a couple of days before and was having a lovely chat with her. So I'm over the road and I'm saying, Julie, how are you, Julie? You're all right. And then I'm getting closer. Oh, Julie's not very happy today. Are you okay, Julie? What are you doing here? I said, are you stalking me? What are you doing at my chippy? And then Julie's looking at me as though she's got two heads. And then I got closer and I went, it wasn't Julie. It wasn't her. <laughs> I was so embarrassed, and I just went, bye, Julie, <laughs> and I just went in and got it. I was so embarrassed, and um, I just really felt like God was saying to us today that there's people here who are struggling with vision. Now, that might be physical vision. I really feel that like God wants to heal people physically today, not just with vision problems, but with any problems. People, uh, God's going to heal you today. But when our vision's not right, as I said, I didn't have my glasses on, we, we make mistakes. We Sometimes we can't see what's in front of us. And, you know, we, we just lose, we can lose perspective of what's going on. We can lose the plot. We can be here, yet we can end off over here on another path that God didn't intend us to be on. And God just wants to say today, do you feel like your visions, do you feel like you're just you can't see where you're going at the minute. You just, you just don't know where God's leading you, what God's plan is for you. You just can't see. You're in like a fog, and you, you, don't, you just can't see what's in front of you. And I just really feel 
that God wants to speak to us about there and he wants to heal us from that. And when you're feeling like that, I think sometimes you just want to run and hide, don't you? You want to run and hide. But we need to stay in community. We need to stay in community, in church community with one another. And we need to keep reading our Bible, even if we're struggling to, to read it. Because, you know, the Bible, it says, your word is a lamp to my feet. The Bible keeps us on the path that we need to be on. So if that's you and you think, that's me, I, I don't really know what's going on. Everything's a bit blurry. Let's pray about that today. Let's pray about that today. And then... I want to pray really and say a prayer of salvation for anyone here who isn't a Christian yet, to pray for blind eyes to be open this morning. So we're going to do that. And going back to the, to the blind men, Jesus said to them, you know, what do you want me to do? And they said, Lord, we want our sight. And I just feel like there's people here, either for the first time or afresh, that want their sight back today. They've lost the vision They've lost the plot. They don't know where they're going. And Jesus had compassion on them and prayed for them and they received their sight. So I feel like we're going to get prayed for today and we're going to receive our sight today. So just before we pray, I'm just going to pray a prayer of salvation to give people a chance. If that's you today, if you want to see Jesus for the first time, I'm going to pray that prayer. Let's just bow our heads. Lord Jesus, I now know that you are the Son of God and that you died on the cross for my sin, for my shame, for my guilt, so that I could be forgiven. I ask you to forgive me right now, Lord. I pray that you will come to my life and come into my heart by your Holy Spirit. Amen. And if you've prayed that for the first time today, I'm just going to ask, we'll keep our heads bowed. You just want to raise your hand, if that's you, just to let us know that that's you. And then we'd love to pray with you. We won't, make a, we won't embarrass you in any way, but that's you. Thank you, Lord. And then we're going to respond. If there's people here who just want to respond to anything that's been brought this morning, um, we, if you just want to raise your hand, and then I think we're probably going to bring people forward. Hand over Raj, anyway. <laughs> 